Welcome to Clintonville on Call, the podcast of interesting conversations with people who reside or work in the neighborhood of Clintonville, Ohio. I'm your host, Susan Gauntz. In this episode, I speak with Dr. Julie Kennel, a registered dietitian, certified yoga instructor, clinical associate professor at OSU, as well as the director of dietetic internship about her profession and how nutrition plays a part in our health and well-being. Welcome, Dr. Kennel. So how did you become interested in becoming a dietitian? I grew up in southwest Ohio, and I lived in a fairly rural area, and my family was mostly farmers or teachers. And as I was growing up, I spent my summers growing strawberries, picking them out of the patch with my cousins, you know, planting green beans, you know, hoeing potato hoeing pumpkins and and growing potatoes. So I had a, you know, agricultural background and I was also interested in nutrition through 4-H. I don't know if you're familiar with 4-H. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, But 4-H was a big deal Mm -hmm. where I grew up, and they offered these projects where you could learn about a particular type of food, practice making those foods, and then learning about the nutrients or the food science, you know, behind, behind the foods. So I would I would take a, at least one of those projects every year and spend part of my summers in the kitchen, Yeah, uh, often with help from my mom or other members of my family. When I uh, went to college, I didn't think that you could have a career yeah. in dietetics you know, or nutrition. I thought that was just a hobby that people had, uh, but I ended up taking a introductory course to nutrition in my sophomore year at Ohio State and... I was hooked. It reminded me of my my childhood and the things that I really enjoyed. Oh, great. Did you get your master's and PhD from Ohio State? Too? I didn't. I um, After I went to Ohio State, I went to Case Western mm-hmm. in Cleveland for right. my master's, and that's where I actually did my all my supervised practice experiences for my credential. And then I worked for a couple years for Abbott Nutrition here in Columbus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I... I always had this sense, and I'm sure it's partly my family influence, that I wanted to be an educator. So I went to Indiana University to finish mm-hmm. my PhD before returning back here to Ohio State. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's been a, it was a long journey, but right. um, something that I I loved. So you do that as a profession? Correct? Yes, yeah. yeah. So um, as a registered dietitian, that means I can work with individuals on their food and nutrition goals. Uh, so I'm able to like prescribe uh, diets, right, or meal patterns uh, that would be you know personalized to to the individual. In general, what type of diet do you recommend? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> um, I'm sure one you get a lot. Yes, right. Well, I ascribe to to believing that um, a diet that's mostly plant based is a good foundation um, with lots of fruits and vegetables because they um, are the sources of a lot of our vitamins and minerals, but also our phytonutrients or phytochemicals, and those are you know smaller substances that we think really um, promote health and and keep us 
uh, from chronic diseases um, or keep our body from being in an inflammatory state that can cause many of those chronic diseases. Aside from that, I think there are a lot of meal patterns that can work well for people. So, you know, eating you know, dairy and meat um, mm-hmm. as a part of that. But yeah, a lot of like plant-based diet with our fruits and vegetables and, and whole grains. So, and I know you mentioned to me when we were talking one time about that you help people with dietary needs for certain illnesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like so, that. yeah. So a lot of the... Um, a lot of the work that I do in the wellness setting reflects, you know, your basic general foundational nutrition, you know, similar to what we would see the dietary guidelines for Americans promote or, uh, but when you, um, start to look at individuals with like a disease, like diabetes or cholesterol or heart disease, maybe even something like liver disease or kidney disease, it does get a lot more specific and mm-hmm. there are foods or nutrients that you would want to promote more and those that you would want to eat less of or eat fewer of. Mm-hmm. And that really does have influence then on, on the disease itself. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about with COVID? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with COVID, yes, we learned a lot during COVID and how nutrition impacts the immune system and um, COVID being one of the, you know, one of the illnesses that we can contract. Uh, we did find, we did learn that you know, hydration is very important, like staying hydrated throughout mm-hmm. the day is very supportive of your immune system, but as well as some key nutrients like vitamin D, vitamin C. Uh, and protein. Uh, so some of the nutrients that are linked to your immune system are easy to get in your diet. And then people, you know, in, in our country do pretty well at like eating enough vitamin C, for example. Um, and there are other nutrients that are more difficult to obtain, especially in a place like Ohio where, yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, we may not, um, you know, have, you know, have access to like the freshest fruits and vegetables or, um, um, but also, you know, like, um, sunlight, we mm-hmm. get vitamin D from sunlight. And so with vitamin D, um, during the winter months, right. It can be very challenging to get sufficient amounts. And mm-hmm. in fact, there's, there's a high level of individuals like in Ohio, um, who are vitamin D, uh, who are in vitamin D insufficient insufficiency or insufficient vitamin d levels yeah yeah if you had that would you automatically have sad oh yeah no not necessarily but yeah we think vitamin d is related to a lot of different conditions so covid Mm -hmm. but also diabetes and controlling one's diabetes Mm -hmm. and as well as your risks for you know certain types of cancer um so it's interesting to like you know think about how specific nutrients yeah. influence our risk or, you know, our um, ability to control like diseases. Right. Yeah. Well, what do you think about like dietary supplements? Mm-hmm. So I think they have their place. They definitely, there's something that, um, I would include or consider or talk to a client or patient about if mm-hmm. I felt like that was, that was appropriate. Um, dietary supplements are a little tricky because they're not regulated well. Mm-hmm. And so they, um, can be contaminated mm-hmm. with ingredients that we, or substances that, um, are harmful. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can also, they're also not necessarily 
contain what they say they contain. Right. Um, so you have to find trusted sources mm-hmm. for dietary supplements, you know, trusted brands and, right. and look at like, you know, what, what the specific ingredients are and right. whether it's third party tested, um, which means that, a, a independent organization has verified the contents of that okay. dietary supplement. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's so many. There's so many. <laughs> and yes, so, you know, like certain ones are mm-hmm. effective and safe mm-hmm. and there's a lot of them that yeah. aren't, you right. know? So exactly. yeah, being very knowledgeable and, and, um, maybe working with a registered dietitian is a good, good way to make sure that, right. yeah, you're, you're making the right, you're yeah, making right. a good decision yeah. uh, by taking that particular supplement. Yeah. Well, and that's something that's of interest to you too. That whole the whole diet culture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So right, yeah. yeah. So um, with dietary supplements, there's a lot of people making a lot of money yeah, right. right off of products that, like I said, aren't necessarily effective or aren't necessarily safe. And I also think there's a lot of marketing. It's like a you know million dollar industry to to promote certain diets in that process, charging people for, um, for information or for, you know, actual food itself, um, that's designed to like help a person lose weight. Yeah. So that's a big part of being a registered dietitian is assessing weight and its connection to health. And then, you know, helping individuals who perhaps want to lose weight to, to lose weight. But I do think there there's an overemphasis on losing weight or dieting. Yeah. And, um, I've been learning a lot about how, you know, about like psychologically, mm-hmm. uh, living under, you know, living in a diet culture or in a world that kind of promotes that, that diet culture, that need to like lose weight or somehow feeling bad about the current weight that you're at can really do more harm than good. Yeah. Term, so, yeah. and just like doing the yo-yo, gain weight, lose weight, gain weight. Yeah. Weight. So yeah. there's a common cycle there where mm-hmm. individuals feel guilty about the weight they're at, and mm-hmm. so they go on a diet or choose to go on a diet, and often that diet is restricting certain foods or certain food groups and yeah. labeling them as bad, right? Yeah. And and so that thought comes into your head, like if I eat those foods. Yeah. then I'm bad. There's like a value, an unnecessary value that's put on the food itself. Yeah. And so an individual, you know, might be able to restrict or, you know, um, I know, follow along with their diet for a particular period of time. And then we get to the point where it's just not sustainable. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they go back to eating those foods that they love or that mm-hmm. offer them you know, some, some value. And then they feel badly about it because that's what they've been taught to do by the diet itself. Yeah. So then you, you know, you go through a period of like gaining the weight back and oftentimes, um, you would gain more weight than where you started, uh, in one of these diet cycles. And so over time, yeah, an individual can end up, um, at a higher weight, Mm-hmm. through the process of dieting. So yeah. it almost like has, has the opposite effect. So it, some research even says that um, up to 95% of people gain the weight back yeah. from a diet or or, yeah. or gain more weight back. Wow, that's mm-hmm. real high. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would, yeah, I would mm-hmm. definitely say it was over 50%, but 95 Yeah, and I think, you know, a real reason behind that is mm-hmm. this restriction or this unnecessary restriction. Because anytime that we eat fewer calories than what we need, mm-hmm. um, 
we then crave right. foods because your body is saying, you're not giving me what I need. You're right. not nourishing me. And, and so it's impossible to kind of maintain. I think people see themselves as the problem, but it's really the diet problem. Yeah. Well, when you crave things, not necessarily like pizza or things like that, crave certain foods, do you think it's your body telling you you need that? It can be. Yeah. Um, So not always, but it can be in some cases. Your body, yeah, has some internal uh, knowledge and awareness. And and so, yeah, that that can be true. So I know people who you might hear like, you know, um, crave... uh, like crave dairy, you mm-hmm. know, um, yeah. and yeah, it could be because, uh, their body senses that they don't have, you know, the right calcium that they need or as much calcium that they need. But oftentimes our cravings are connected to more of a psychological mm-hmm. desire yeah. than like a physical need. Yeah. Um, so your body doesn't really always know. Um, and, and people, when they crave like Ice cream. cream. (laughs) No, really anything. It's it's because there is an emotional connection to it. And that's, there's not, and that's not wrong, right? That's not bad. Um, Food is nourishing in a lot of ways. It's, it's nourishing in terms of the nutrients it provides Mm -hmm. for our body and and the health, but it's also, you know, nourishes our, our soul, if you will. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, I really, hope to work with people and help them like maintain this you know, positive relationship with food. Yeah. That's good. So what about, um, people who are, who work out a lot? So they're, they need calories. Yes. It's like, yeah. like eating for performance. Eating for performance. Yeah. yeah. So I um, also work with individuals who are active or label themselves as athletes. And that's a lot of fun yeah. um, because they can see the connection between eating better and then performing better or eating better and recovering from their activity yeah. more easily. And so they do, they need more calories. They may need more nutrients. Uh, uh, so one thing in particular is, you know, they, they need extra energy to do the work, but they also need, um, protein and it's not just strength athletes that need protein, but Mm -hmm. endurance athletes need more protein as well. So I work with them on, on, on having consistent protein, you know, um, sources throughout the day Mm -hmm. and work again a lot on like the hydration and, you know, how to stay properly hydrated and, um, yeah, that, I mean, it's, it's fun to just, um, to just assess, you know, a person overall and what their needs are and what will make things just a little bit better for right. them. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's really the gist of what you do because it's like personalized, um, advice. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, so while, you know, the basics of nutrition are pretty well known and mm-hmm. apply to most people, um, there's still like a science behind helping each individual mm-hmm. kind of maximize or optimize their plans. Yeah. Right. So if someone wanted to, to hire you to do this form, how would they get a hold of you? Oh, well, yeah. they can email me um, at my Ohio State address, Kennel, yeah. my last name, K-E-N-N-E-L dot three at, o- at osu.edu. Great. What do you think about the wellness apps that are out there? Oh, yeah. So by wellness, do you, do you mean weight and weight loss or do you mean something else? Mm. I would say, and I don't want to get into brands, but you do have, 
I would, let's say the wellness ones. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you have the ones that look at the overall person. Mm -hmm. They'll they'll recommend certain things to eat. They'll recommend exercise or that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I think it's great, right? Because it's bringing awareness to the whole person Mm -hmm. and a a more holistic view of health, right? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, um, eating well is one thing, but you know, exercising or Mm -hmm. being active or finding ways to like bring movement into your life is also important. And then the whole mental health and stress management component Mm -hmm. is also important. I can like, and sleep is important, right? right? So like bringing an awareness to all of these aspects that really truly influence our health and are interwoven really. Yeah. Um, because we've already talked about how, you know, food and nutrition is interwoven within activity, physical mm-hmm. activity, but that mental health piece is also um, so influential over like what people choose to eat and how active they are. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I think in that sense, just bringing awareness to all the different aspects of a person's health and giving them like choices on, um, you know, what interests you, what would, what would you like to change or, you know, see be different in your life and, and then being able to offer some strategies, you know, to, to integrate these like little small steps to mm-hmm. get there. So in that sense, yeah, I think that a lot of those wellness apps can be, can be helpful. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, again, the kind of the trouble or where it can go wrong is if, um, they, you know, if they start to say that again, certain foods are off limits or, um, you know, you should like somehow like have these food rules, a lot of different food rules that are really just meant to like restrict your overall calories. So Mm -hmm. it's, there's that like fine line between wellness and back to that diet culture. Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Mm -hmm. So what about like stress? Um, you know, like I've heard when you're super stressed, your body's kind of like a, I don't know, it's fight and flight's not oh, the wrong yeah. thing, but yeah. like just holding on to everything because you're stressed. Yeah, when you, stressed. when we get stressed, it is, it can be that fight yeah. or flight response. Yeah. Right, which is designed to help us run away from danger. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, and in many cases, it can be helpful. Yeah. Right. But um, yes, when you're chronically stressed and you chronically have that, you know, that part of your nervous system turned on. Right. Right. To, to feel like there's a sense of fight or flight, then it changes like hormones and the hormonal balance in our, in our body. And, um, it can affect, yeah, like you're saying, like, you know, you're trying to like hold on to everything. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, yeah, it's trying to like conserve certain, you know, certain aspects, um, and, you know, in case you need them, um, and that immediate sense. But, you know, I think a lot of what we see is this increase in, um, uh, inflammation and this like low grade chronic inflammation in the body because of that response. And that over time can increase your risk for mm-hmm. you know, things like high um, heart disease and diabetes and, and cancer. Right. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, How about organics versus? Yeah. Uh, organic is, uh, is great in the sense that um, it is often, but not always, protective of our environment, right? Mm-hmm. So, 
um, the organic practices, right, mm-hmm. or practices which can help sustain um, the earth yeah. right, and the resources that we have. Right. And then um, there's oftentimes when an organic version has more nutrients in it than an, its non-organic counterpart. Yeah. But the research isn't cut and dry on that. Right? Yeah. So it's not always the case. And there's a lot of other factors that influence the nutrient content in our foods mm-hmm. from them being in the field where they're grown, right, to where we eat them. So there's a lot of steps in the way that can kind of influence the the nutrient levels. But, but yeah, or, organics... Uh, can be a, just like that little step, right, or that little step up. But I don't think they're necessary. Like I really yeah. don't think they're necessary in order to have a healthy diet. What about the whole vegan culture? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I support that as uh, well. I mean, right. I support that choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but it does require um, some thought. Mm-hmm. And so, right, <laughs> because in the, if you are eliminating all animal products, um, there are ways to get all the nutrients that you need, but it might require a supplement mm-hmm. or eating sp- very specific foods because, you know, um, some of the nutrients like B12 and iron and zinc are mostly found in animal products. So you have to find, you have to be very intentional about the ways in which you're getting those nutrients in a okay. vegan Oh, see, I think plant. a B12 is a plant thing. It's not? Uh, it's not. It's really? mostly found in, you know, oh, products. interesting. So it's huh. found in things like nutritional yeast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a plant source of yeah, B12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But not a food that's very common. Right. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of meal patterns, like a mm-hmm. lot of approaches to eating that can work. Yeah. There's not just one set plan right. that's right for everybody and you also teach yoga I do yeah, yeah. well I, I am um, I'm a certified yoga instructor and I I like that um, aspect of right. things you know just for the whole stress management piece and I think right. a lot of times you know it helps inform the way that I work with individuals on their food and nutrition because yoga in, encourages individuals to be mindful yes. right? present in the right. moment and um you know and that can also be very helpful in food and nutrition because mm-hmm. a lot of people have distracted eating yeah right? or stress or, eating, stress right? eating right? right and so uh, yeah we use a lot of those same ideas those same concepts mm-hmm. um to to bring the person to the moment, um, enjoy the food that they're eating. Notice how much food that they're eating. Um, similar to how, like when you're in, when you're doing yoga and you're in the yoga studio, you're focusing on your breath, right, mm-hmm. and then and the pose that you're in and how your body feels yeah. um, within that pose. So they go hand in hand. But um, yeah. I I feel like yoga offers something that a lot of other activities a lot of other activities do not and it's Mm -hmm. that it's that that mental piece and that stress relief piece right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah the mindfulness the mindfulness right Mm -hmm. well thank you so much for being here you're welcome my pleasure yeah all right and why don't you go through why don't you repeat your email yeah yeah if um, anybody wants to ask me some questions or hire me for my services my email is kennel.3 at osu.edu. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to Clintonville on Call. 
I would like to thank Dr. Kennel for being my guest and sharing her wisdom on a topic that affects all of us. Jamie Moriarty created the music for Clintonville On Call. If you want to hear more from this local artist, you can find him on Spotify under the initial J and then Moriarty. Thanks for listening.